start, start. And we're live! <laughs> Y'all already saw the intro, right? So. Yeah, yeah, sounds good. Actually, I guess we have to run this again. Welcome to the show. Everything's working perfectly. We're totally on time. I've got Wendell here from Level 1 Techs, who's just laughing at all of the failures. Um, and we've got some great news, including Intel's 10th generation desktop CPUs hitting the market someday, I don't know, whatever, I don't know, <laughs> whatever. whatever. We'll talk about why that's a whatever later on. Uh, study shows that Americans are waiting three years to replace phones now, which is considerably longer than before. Walmart is suing Tesla over defective solar panels, lighting on fire, and other crazy stuff. Stay tuned for more, roll in the intro. Bam. Plate, PIA, and Madrinas. Thank you very much for sponsoring the show. I'm going to move that back up and jump back here. Okay. I think it's working now. I think we're going to YouTube. We're definitely going to Floatplane, and we're definitely going to Twitch. YouTube sometimes <laughs> takes a second to, like, let me check that it's actually live. YouTube's going to buffer um, for about two minutes, and then it's going to kick on and start from the beginning. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, I'm not gonna worry about that this second. Our first topic, which we're gonna try to get the title topic out of the way first, because I feel like that's good form. We've been doing that for a little while now. People seem to appreciate it. News of Intel's 10th gen desktop CPUs. Uh, sticking with 14 nanometer process, it's gonna be uh, codenamed Comet Lake S, which I think has been kind of leaked around a little bit already. It's gonna be up to 10 physical cores, up from eight on the current gen flagship i9-9900K, which I'm happy I'm never gonna have to say again. Um, and it looks like you might need an upgrade to your motherboard because it's gonna need more power, more and more TDP, increasing to around 125 watts on the top end. Um, it's expected to be called LGA 1200. What do you think? It's another new socket already. So I mean, many sockets. <laughs> we've had so many sockets. Like, I mean, come on. It's just, uh, uh, come on. Yeah, I think like it's getting to the point where if, if you lined up on a wall, all of your like Intel sockets from the beginning, just the amount that you would have would actually be ridiculous. Have you tried to have like a boards? collection of all of them? Like there was a, there were Chinese boards that you could get that would work with like the, they were like Z170 and it worked fine with like the 9700K. Maybe I'm misremembering. I yeah, there's there's some there's some there's been some funky stuff like that a, a few separate times actually. I, I enjoy those types of things. <laughs> My favorite stuff is when they do that kind of stuff. I, I know it's not the exact same thing, but when they do that kind of stuff with graphics cards. Where they're like, oh, it's not supposed to work this way, or like, ah, here, here's two different, two di totally different graphics cards. We're gonna sell them to you at totally different price points, and people are like, ah, I can just, I can just make the lower end one better. Don't worry about it. I don't know the the latest leaks, adding the latest like desktop ten core like mainstream leaks, onto like all of the other ten core leaks, plus the actual like ten core launches. Every like they're calling everything tenth gen, but like. There's two different laptop parts, and then we've got the high-end desktop stuff coming probably before this stuff in 2020, and the high-end desktop stuff is going to be on X299, so we'll probably keep that socket, maybe. At least that was the update a couple of days ago. That's linked in the, 
the bottom of the the Tom's Hardware article. But like, these are all different. Like, it's a big deal to port the memory controller, the LPDDR4X memory controller. Like, it's a big deal to port that from the newer process to the older process CPUs. And Intel is telling their investors, like, no, no, we're shipping tenth, you know, uh, you know, the tenth generation mobile CPUs on the new process. Everything is fine. And then stuff like this comes out, and it's like, well, those aren't going to be on the new process. Why? Why? It doesn't make any sense. Come on. Yeah, the Tom's article is actually pretty good. I like that they laid everything out here as well, going all the way back to Skylake. That was pretty nice. So you can see from Skylake, Kaby Lake, Coffee Lake, Coffee Lake Refresh, and Comet Lake. Yeah. Love that Just, little refresh in there. Uh, and then like, It's been kind of interesting how max TDP on this side has been going up consistently. Yeah. Well, and... It's also all lies because like yeah. nobody is using a 9900K at completely stock settings. I mean that's just crazy. Why? Why? It's it's it's. Does it hurt you when people get unlocked processors and then don't do anything with them? I mean it's to the point where like all the motherboard manufacturers have it as like one option, like multi-core enhancement or <laughs> like you just turn that on and you get free <laughs> performance. Like, well, how would you not do that? <laughs> yeah, and it's like actually pretty good these days. I remember when they first started doing those auto overclocking things, some of them were kind of junk, but now they're actually quite decent at overclocking your CPU. So it's like, yeah, doing it manual is more fun, but if you don't want to, press press the button. Hooray. Really, really <laughs> simple. Really, I really simple. Performance. And that's what they're, they're, uh, they're doing it for you at the factory now too with the 9900KS, which should be out. In a couple of months, uh, so that'll be fun. Five gigahertz all core out of the box. Dang, that's actually pretty crazy. I know. Um, I, I think the 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 hardest sell here right now is that Intel's not winning like anything in the PR realm at the moment. Uh, everybody's rah rah AMD as far as I can really tell. It's 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 hard for Intel to stay on their feet PR wise in the, in the CPU section at this exact point in time so coming out and telling everyone that they're gonna have to upgrade their motherboards is a little scary i realize that they 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 can't also not do that because to push this they apparently need more tdp but like uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah you get wi-fi 6 support though well i'm kind of excited for the x299 stuff which is probably going to come out sooner because you know you may have up to 48 pcie lanes for the leak from that and, and that kind of stuff that, that may be exciting, but here's a, like a, there's a, there's more than just getting a new motherboard that's disappointing, and one of those things is like memory support. So like the Tom's Hardware article is like, oh, the new X299 CPUs that are 10th gen, really? I mean, are they really 10th gen? That are 10th gen uh, are going to support 256 gigs of memory up from 128, and it's like, well, not so fast there, Tom. It's we're just now getting memory densities that will support 256 gigs, like. Technically, Threadripper will only do 128 gigs, but then, oh, wait, 32 gig DIMMs. Yeah, now they're 256 gigs. It's fine there now, too. And it's not that the hardware changed. It was always there. It's just nobody was making the DIMMs to do that. But if you had like a 79, like a 7960X, you could use registered memory with those. Like 512 gigabytes of memory was fine. And then Intel got wind of people actually using registered memory on those CPU. I mean, ECC didn't work, but you could still use it. You still got the capacity. Yeah, and they all got wind of people doing that, and they just they just turned it off. And they were like, "No, that's always been like that." And it's like, "No, no, really, I'm I'm running 512 gigs of memory on this on this X99 CPU." Intel, 
that is what you need to stop doing. Yes. So on these new processors, if somebody wants to run registered memory, let them. What, what does it hurt? What does it hurt? But but our our product differentiation, Wendell. <laughs> no. We need another segment. We need to slice the pie. You know, just this little tiny. It's like, or you're gonna have to buy Xeon. It's like, no. Or the new Mac Pro. It's like you gotta buy the new Mac. You want 64 PCIe lanes from Xeon? You gotta buy the Mac Pro because. Otherwise, you're only going to get like 48. <laughs> Just put your put your Mac Pro in your server chassis. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Rack mount it. <laughs> Are you interested in those at all? No. I'm suspecting no. Yeah, I didn't think so. I just thought you know I thought I'd ask. Uh, it is really asking. it is really interesting that they didn't change the socket. So um, I think they used the quick path lanes. Like Apple, I think was leaning on Intel. Like I don't know. There's no. This is completely unsubstantiated. But it looked like Intel was kind of leaning on Apple, or Apple was leaning on Intel to yeah. have 64 PCIe lanes, because if you look at the way the PCIe layout is in the new Mac, it's actually kind of interesting. And uh, you know, the same server 3647 socket. You know, where are you gonna get the pins for that? I think that they reused the quick path like what you would normally have for the interconnect for a two-socket system, I think they okay. recycled those into PCIe lanes because there's legit only enough pins there for 48 PCIe lanes. So they got another, you know, a few lanes to take it up to 64 PCIe lanes for Intel not having the capability to do quick pack. Okay. That's actually pretty interesting. I could be wrong about that, but that's my suspicion. And it's yeah, really yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really weird too because like these leaks say that the new high-end desktop processors are still going to be X299, but I figured they would just go ahead. I mean, if they're doing the Apple stuff, they'd just go ahead and do 3647 on the desktop, unless they're having massive production problems, and then it's like, well, maybe we shouldn't do that. <laughs> Which I I think they kind of are. So that's not what they tell shareholders. <laughs> that's true. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> Who really knows though? Um, okay. I want your thoughts on this one too, and we might as well go over this subject. We're, we're changing topics. We're going to talk about uh, study shows that Americans are waiting around three years to replace their phones now. Um, that, that's the old like standard laptop replacement time that I used to expect from people when I was selling computers when I was a teenager. Um, so that's, that's quite a bit up there compared to phones from back in the day. I know for a while there it was relatively common for people to swap out their phone every year. Um, and it, it started creeping up. My my kind of goal personally is usually two years. How often do you pr replace your phone? Uh, probably about every eighteen months, give or take. But I'm physically very hard on uh, on my phones. I mean, I'm thinking about like the computational horsepower of like the Galaxy S8, and like using the Galaxy S8 today. That's we're pushing what like two and a half years. That's yeah. fine. That's a. I mean, it's totally okay there's not really like any super compelling features um of a phone that would make you want to to really switch which is sort of sort of crazy oh i hear a train yeah yeah the train rips by every once in a while um so 18 months but you think that's like almost due to physical wear and tear more than <coughs> yeah i think the physical wear and tear is is for me is more than functionality because um I've got a I've got a burner phone that's an LG G5 and it's basically okay. I notice that it's a little slow sometimes. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's similar to it for me. Do you run cases? 
Do you have cases yeah. on your phone? I don't remember if you did or not. Yeah, okay. Even with the cases, you have a lot of physical wear and tear. Is that from dropping it, or is that just from <clears throat> just manhandling your phone? Using it. Yeah. 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 And, and no matter how careful I am with it, I'll break it. Like, this case isn't super old, but, like, the corners are already really messed yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I like pocket lint and stuff gets in all the speaker drills and and then people are like, what? I can't hear you. And it's like, oh, I got some lint in a tiny microphone hole. <laughs> There's even for me, like, I know Ben Gate was a long time ago, but I tend to find that after a while, most of my devices have some form of curve in them. <laughs> yeah. And it, like even my switch has a little bit of a curve. My my laptop has a little bit of a curve. My phone. I think has a little bit of a curve and I'm just like this I don't know what I do but <laughs> whatever it is I'm slowly killing everything um, one of the things that I think that we might see in, in next generation phones that people probably would like is the ability to use it as more than just a phone like Samsung has their deck stuff that they've had I think since the S7 it's just USB-C and then it, you get HDMI and USB peripherals and so like you can get a little dock and they were like two hundred dollars. Yeah. They were like twenty five dollars, and you plug that in, and that is actually a reasonable experience at this point. Decks on like an S nine, a Galaxy S nine, or the uh, the new S ten uh, is not unlike a Chromebook, and it's not a bad experience. Yeah, it's 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 kind of interesting that phones are getting that fast and that fluid. Um, and that, uh, I guess, for probably both of us, because I would, I would argue more or less the same thing, I'm starting to replace them because the wear on tear in them is getting relatively high, and I could swap the battery, and sometimes maybe I do, but uh, the rest of the wear and tear on the system is so high that it kind of makes sense to replace it every, you said 18 months, I'm going to go with around two years for myself. Yeah. And I've, I've even, I've adopted a slightly different strategy now, which I've only done once, uh, but I'm planning on doing it this next time around too. When the, this is a Pixel 2, and I bought it right around when the Pixel 3 came out. And when the Pixel 4 comes out, I'm probably gonna buy a Pixel 3. Oh yeah, that's a good strategy. They're, they're quite discounted. If I get it fresh out of the box, the battery's still pretty good. Um, the, there's no wear and tear on it, and it's just as fast as I need it to be. I'm quite a power user on my phone, but the apps that I use are like the Floatplane app, Twitter, Gmail, YouTube, like I'm not using super high performance applications. I don't really play games on my phone, other than some Pokemon Go. But like whatever, I don't know. The hardest yeah. thing on my phone is like asking it to be a hotspot and then destroying the battery and then yes. charging it up again and then destroying yeah. the battery again. Yeah, yeah we're getting three an average of three charge cycles a day. Like, <laughs> you have me as a hotspot and you're doing something fairly intensive on my system and you're plugging me in for power at the same time this is brutal <laughs> i'm running at a million degrees right now yeah that's not great yeah but can you uh, imagine if phones are modular i love the g5 like the end of it pops off and you can replace the battery as well like i've replaced the battery in it like twice and i still use it as a hotspot for the network that it's on and for like that use case it works great although uh one day a couple of weeks ago i was using it and um, it came unglued. Like the screen and stuff just popped <laughs> off. And it's like, oh, it's probably time to get a new phone. I mean, it's had a good run for like four years. What was like in, in like uh, 2014, I think, 
there was some super popular with media um, project of like a modular phone. Oh, uh, that was aggressively modular. Sorry, was Kickstarter thing. I think so. Yeah. So that turns out it was a fraud. Those guys didn't do anything. Oh. Literally nothing. It was. A, it was a. Yeah. It was completely, completely fake. Phone um, blocks. Yeah. They. Or was that it? No. There was. There was a fraud recently where some guy was like, "Look, here's your little compute module, and you put it in your phone, but you take it out and you put it in a tablet, or you take it out and you put it in a little laptop, and it just." Oh, okay. Becomes whatever you need. It was like complete fraud. Huh, okay, yeah, so phone blocks. Phone and then B-L-O-K-S. This looks like what I can put on my screen. This, this is what I was talking about. And it looks exactly the same as it used to. Our suggestion, a phone that you can easily upgrade, repair, customize a modular phone. The bigger picture and then they like build the blocks into the back of a monitor or a laptop or whatever else. We are not building it. There are other companies that are simply... Have a look. The thing that I was talking about was Dragonfly Future Phone. It was a Dragonfly convertible Future dual, Phone. Convertible dual screen notebook meant to dramatically simplify computing. Its slingshot section was a seven inch Android phone with a stylus. That was only one part of the device that you could like it was modular. And uh, it was like, yes, this is where we need to go with the future. And no. Oh, geez. Good. They raised almost a million dollars? Yeah. Canadian? Straight up fraud. Yikes. Uh, it's interesting that we're on the on this topic. Let me... <clears throat> so, this is, you know, a blast from the past. This thing is ancient. This is a Sharp Zaris SLC 860. This is from okay. Japan. And so this is a handheld computer. So, like... Think GPD before GPD was a thing. Yeah, yeah. In Japan, it's got a compact flash slot, and it's got a built-in storage and, and an SD card slot as well. And uh, in Japan, you could get a cellular compact flash card for this and use it as a phone and for messaging <laughs> and as a hotspot and all of the cool stuff. And it's like, I don't know why, but like this form factor has gone away. But it's also, it, it, the screen would turn around like a tablet, and so you could use it you know, screen out, or you could open it up and clamshell it, and it was fine. It's a little bulky by modern standards, but I haven't seen a portable cellular yeah. device like that, and I don't know why, because I think there are a lot of people out there that would use it. Yeah, I think I think the um, so, something I noticed that was written in the doc. I'm gonna I'm gonna loop around to answer your question a little bit here. Is that uh, where is it? Samsung and Apple users still replace their phone more often than the rest of the public, uh, about every year and a half. This might be uh, might be a reflection of how those are viewed as more premium brands that attract more enthusiasts as well. I think a lot of people, even if they won't admit it, buy phones as fashion statements. Yeah. So I think that thing that you just showed, while being super cool, is also kind of a brick. Yeah. And not it might be it might be interestingly fashionable within a certain crowd. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? But uh, I think it's not like a standard fashion object. And like there's there's probably a higher percentage of people that are buying phones for enthusiast reasons in this audience. Uh, but I think across the spectrum, there's quite a few people that are like, yeah, I buy phones based on specs. Um, and really the spec that they're looking for is like the name Apple or Samsung or whatever else. I know a lot of hipsters that are still rocking like the iPhone 7 though. Okay. But that might also be because the Apple stuff is just a complete wasteland. And, I, and yeah. Apple just... Uh... That might be it. That, that, could be, that could be part of the problem. Uh... Of course, you can get your new Apple credit card now, and Apple will be more than happy to finance you that new iPhone ten. <laughs> oh, yeah, no problem at all. Maybe they'll give you a sleeve so they can protect it from you. What are, what are your thoughts on the... We don't even have this in the, in the dock, but what are your thoughts on the, the fact that that card apparently gets stained from denim and leather? That's, I mean, could there be a more quintessentially Apple story? I mean, <laughs> it bends in it. your pocket. You're holding the phone wrong. It gets stained I mean, from the things that you put it in. It could, I mean, really, because it's like, you know, everybody's always on about Apple engineering and like how much thought Apple puts into things. And then stuff like that happens. And it's like, did you even do any testing? Like, really? Did you do any testing at all? Yeah, I'm just bringing up the Apple card site right now. What kind of heathen would put this card in their leather wallet? <laughs> Who even has leather wallets anymore? No, we must. Everyone is carrying like that little clip thingy. Like this is how it's done in a modern world. You know, wallets are out. No one carries a wallet. It's a clip. You need a, you need a money clip. That's all you need. Card is here. It's just it's so. Uh... I don't even understand because like okay I, I'm sure it's it's helpful in some places but it's not like it doesn't um, oh whoops there's twitch um, it doesn't have the numbers on it which is cool for security reasons but then that to me means that it's probably mostly a physical card yeah because cards that people want to use for online they usually want to see the numbers on it or they they put it in their phone or whatever but as far as my understanding goes Apple pay is or Android pay is like everywhere in the States is it not? Am I wrong about this? I don't have first-hand experience. This is anecdotal from other people. It's definitely not everywhere. And in fact, a okay. lot of places are not even chip yet. Uh, <laughs> which is scary. Okay, I did know the chip part. I find that kind of hilarious. Um, I just, that's so, it's so weird to me um, that yeah. that's even a thing at all. But Yeah, yeah it's, it's just, I don't, I mean, the level of security dumb is just really bad. I think the Apple app is supposed to generate like one-time use credit card numbers, which is part of the reasoning for not having the uh, not having the number on the card. Oh. So like, if you need a thing, you just go and you hit a button, and it gives you a one-time use credit card, and that prevents your credit card number from being stolen in the first place. And it's like, oh, it's brilliant, Apple. Look, they thought it through. Like, <laughs> they they copied they really... what was it? Privacy.com? Didn't they do that? Yeah. 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 I, there's a. I think even Discover has had one-time use credit card numbers for like five years but nobody takes <laughs> discover so no one noticed <laughs> <laughs> i love that idea i always actually really like that this is not an ad for privacy.com but i always really liked that concept i don't think you can do it in canada i'm pretty sure privacy.com does not work for canadians so get wrecked me but i always thought it was a cool idea for a service um but yeah i, I find it kind of funny uh i i don't personally like my wallet 
the inside of it is fabric lined. It's not leather lined. And someone was saying like, oh, you can't put it in your purse. And I'm like, I mean, I don't have a ton of experience with purses, but most purses I've seen are not lined on the inside with leather. And most people that I know, they said you can get it stained from denim. Most people I know, their pockets, it's not denim. It's a different type of fabric. So I think there's like a little bit, maybe, overreaction. I could, I could, but people are going to hate me for saying that. But I just think like, it's probably not going to matter in most cases. I wonder, like, there is, there is something socially wrong with producing a card that is built like as if it's going to last 50 years. Like, Apple is going to issue you your 50-year card that's going to last 50 years because it's made out of titanium and, yeah. you know, it's quality and it exudes quality and it's just like this really amazing thing. But in reality, those things have a lifetime of like three to five years. They should they should be disposable and recyclable. And so like if Apple is really doing what their mantra says, you know, they're putting a lot of thought into it and making, you know, like our genius leads to this simplicity, then it should be something disposable and just durable enough. And that's it. Yeah, I um I hear that for sure. Especially because you might lose it and stuff. Part, part of me goes, well, if you can exchange the numbers all the time, you don't really need to expire the actual physical card. Yeah. But the tech on the card will be useless pretty soon. You could, like, pop out oh. the chip and pop in a new one. Ooh. <laughs> Apple making something you can upgrade? <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, can you imagine Wild. Apple pushing... There were, at the, uh, when uh, AMD had the Epic server launch thing, the flash memory summit thing was going on as well. And Toshiba, I think it was Toshiba, unveiled a new uh, NVMe interconnect that is very small and very compact. And it's like Apple is in a position market-wise to push IC vendors into new packaging technologies that would allow things to be modular. Like, okay, there's not enough room for DIMMs anymore? All right, great. Let's figure out a way to do socketed VGA or let's figure out a way to do like whatever Toshiba was doing with this socketed NVMe. Why yeah. why can't we do that? There's been some I've I've seen a few really cool white papery kind of stuff about various NVMe drives that, that could be mounted in different ways and stuff, and it's super cool. I just think I I don't know. I do wonder every once in a while, um, like, if, if Steve Jobs still was around, what would we be seeing right now? Would he be pushing for those kinds of things? Or yeah. would he just be laughing all the way to the bank? I don't know. Could go either yeah, way. He, he, could, he could be pushing these things. He was kind of a fan of closed system in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, especially a little bit further back. But yeah. I don't know. It's, it's interesting. One Next the, up, one, we've... Sorry? Oh, sorry. One of the ODM demos of that uh, Toshiba NVMe was uh, actually using the case of the laptop as a heat sink for the NVMe to get better performance because it was so tiny compared to a regular NVMe. And, but they were like, look, the case and retention mechanism for this is metal and conducts heat. So you just put a little thermal pad on there and if it's like an aluminum unibody, it's going to conduct that heat all, you know, and it's not going to be uncomfortable. It's only going to warm up by like two or three degrees C, but that's enough to sustain three gigabytes per second read and, and two and a half yeah. gigabytes per second write on something smaller than a postage stamp. And it's like, oh my gosh, these guys have invented a new modular interconnect. 
this is going to be amazing for future laptops. And it's like, wait, shouldn't this be the kind of thing? You, I mean, why? Come on, guys. Sorry. <sighs> What's next? Moving us on. Uh, some Facebook employees were aware of the, I'm, I'm sure you heard about this. I'm, you guys probably even covered it. The Cambridge Analytica shadiness. Um, <laughs> apparently, we not have done that? <laughs> Who knows? Um, apparently, they were aware of it all the way back in 2015. Oh, wait, you mean, okay. Yes, yeah. you should not have done that. <laughs> I thought you meant, was that wrong to cover it? And I was like, oh. eh. No, no. News is confusing to me. I never know what we should or shouldn't do. Uh, no, apparently, no. sorry. Well, Zuckerberg's whole attitude with that was like, "All right, we got all this. We got all these people's private information. Does anybody have any idea how we can make a bunch of money with it?" And Cambridge Analytica was like, "I don't know. Let us have the data and play with it." And he's like, all right. <laughs> "Oh, sweet. Okay, yeah, sounds good." Uh, although the story about Cambridge Analytica's handling of the data. Uh, in the run-up to 2016 U.S. election didn't break until 2018. Recently published internal messages show that some Facebook employees knew that something was amiss uh, with Cambridge Analytica all the way back in September 2015. Um, <laughs> I like that the, one of the internal investigations from Facebook was like, well, this is worrisome, but we can't find where they broke any rules. Hmm. Okay. So that doesn't mean you shouldn't the, stop things. Yeah, I mean, that's that was the gist that I got. <sighs> this wasn't technically against the rules, but should, is this something we should discuss as a company at Facebook? Or is this something we should worry about? And so, I mean, there, did the left hand know what the right hand was doing? Is it one of those situations where it's like, maybe we shouldn't do this, but we can make a whole bunch of money? There's a lot of industries that are built that way. It's like an industry will do something that is completely amoral, and then they will get, you know, cemented in business-wise, and then they will help erect laws that will make it so that other companies can't do that. Yeah, yeah. Pretty epic. I, um, I just hate this whole situation. It's all terrible. <laughs> I'm not surprised people knew about it. Almost always in one of these situations, if, if a news article comes out saying someone knew about it or it doesn't, it's still probably the exact same conclusion. Someone probably knew about it. Um, someone at one of these companies probably knew. You could have assumed that before this article came out. Um, someone, someone has to know that Facebook handed over all of that data to some random analytical company and was just like, good luck! Um, <laughs> and, and if that's happening, it's fairly easy to assume bad things would be happening with that data. It's not exactly a big jump, and some people inside on Facebook would have known that. So, um, it's, it's also not it's it's the same pattern as has existed since any kind of industrialization it's like ford knew that the pinto's gas tank could burst into flames at the drop of a hat but the you know how many people are going to die as a result of that is it worth recalling the entire line probably not a lot of people are going to die we can probably pay off the people that die from the you know the, the gas tank that bursts into flames so let's not bother recalling the gas tank it's kind of like that but with people's privacy yeah 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 it's, somebody even said here somebody had to transfer the data and slash or give access to it yeah and like almost any reasonable human being that's in that position is gonna go huh this is weird <laughs> right i don't know like it's it's interesting that this article came up i just think it's it's no real new information if you if you think about what happened in general. 
no good deed goes unpunished. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I actually skipped a topic by accident. But I'm going to take a quick intermission here to tell you about what you've all really been waiting for in this show, which is the sponsor spots. I'll come back in a second. Well, I didn't set it up so that Wendell's here for the sponsor spots because <laughs> I forgot to edit, edit these scenes. So uh, my, my co-host for the sponsor spots is Linus's chair. Our first sponsor is Madrina's, Madrina's Coffee. I've got a bunch of different Madrina's Coffee stuff here, including our, uh, the, the LTT beans and the LTT pre-canned stuff, along with their dark roast, their vanilla cappuccino, uh, tons of other awesome things. Madrina's is coffee for fuel. Organic cold brew coffee in, in convenient 15 ounce cans with a flavor for everyone. Madrina's coffee offers sweet and creamy flavors like mocha or caramel or bold flavors like their cold brew black. This is not the black, this is the 2x dark roast, but still. Uh, da -da 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 -da. We have a permanent item on the e-store, the Lambo Coffee Beans Roast, this one. And also our limited edition uh, Cafe Vanilla Cold Brew Cans, check it out. For 72 hours, head over to madrinascoffee.com slash Linus to receive 50%, not what it shows down here. What I'm saying is the correct one, what's on the banner is not the correct one. Uh, you'll if you go to madrinascoffee.com slash Linus, you'll receive 50% instead of 40% off your entire order with code Linus. Once the offer is over, it will revert back to this 40%. See how that works? 72 hours, you get 50% off. Uh, if you have any questions about the various flavors of cold brew coffee or uh, micro roast, Shlomo from Madrina's Coffee Head team is in the chat and ready to answer any questions through direct messages. So send him a PM. Don't try to do it through the chat because the chat goes way too fast and it's hard to keep track of everything. Just sh send Shlomo a message and you'll be, uh, you'll be taken care of. Next up, we've got Display. These fancy things behind us. Also, they were taken down for some reason before the show, and I had to install these before the show, and it's the first time I've had to install them from nothing to the plate fully there. And I will say, that's very easy. I will, I will give you that feedback. It is extremely simple. You put a sticker, you put a magnet on the sticker, and then you put the board on top of it. And then if it's not properly angled, you just go until it is, and then you're good. It's so simple, so much easier than hanging things. Uh, it is a magnet-mounted metal print. They're durable. You don't need any power tools to hang it, definitely not. Uh, they have over 260,000 different arts, spanning a bunch of different styles and influences. With their easy magnet mounting, there is no holes in the wall, and it's easily replaceable. Uh, like, this is what they mean. Let me just make sure those are straight so I don't trigger anybody. Look pretty straight to me. Very easily replaceable. Uh, da, 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 da. They plant 10 trees for each displate purchased. Uh, I'm not gonna, yeah, we're, yes, that's very awesome, especially now. Uh, head to our link down below and use uh, offer code LTT to save 15% today, as it shows right here. Use offer code LTT, go to lmg.gg slash displatewan, save 15%. Last but not least is PIA. Go to lmg.gg slash piawan. 
and uh, get PIA today. Private internet access supports a variety of VPN protocols and types of encryption and authentication, allowing you to dial in the exact level of privacy protection you need. It is available on Windows, Mac OS, Android, iOS, Linux, and Google Chrome with support for several other platforms coming soon. You can connect up to five devices at the same time. Apps include DNS leak protection and IPv6 protection. The internet kill switch, yeah, it's back in the notes. It hasn't been in the notes for a little while. This is my favorite part. The internet kill switch will block all traffic if the the VPN comes disconnected unexpectedly. So if for some reason the VPN does have a problem, which I've never experienced it having a problem, but if it does and it goes down, your internet gets killed off, which sounds bad at first, but you gotta realize that none of that data is gonna go through unprotected. And you could clear that if you needed to. So it's very nice. Check it out today at lmg.gg slash piawan. And you're back. I'm back. I think you're already sold out of the Lambo roast. Are we? <laughs> Holy cow. That's amazing. 50% off is pretty beefy. Like the, the discounts that Madrinas gives is kind of nuts. It's fantastic. The uh, the thing that I decided I didn't want to say during the sponsor spot was their um, their whole, we're going to plant 10 trees for each dish plate. Uh, I was going to be like, slowly replace the Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> Too soon. Too soon. Yeah, it's like, I'm going to leave this up. <laughs> I don't know if that's the exact messaging they want, but uh, had, yeah, that's a scary a thing that's going on. And we got Sorry? like we got, we had a drought here, and it was just like everything is dead, and there was just there's no water. And then it rained torrentially yesterday, and now everything just doesn't know what to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, in more fun things related to fire, uh, Walmart is suing Tesla over defective <laughs> solar panels. <laughs> <laughs> This is actually kind of impressive. It's not their batteries, it's the solar panels. Yeah, which is, so. I haven't personally heard of before. Well, I've heard uh, of battery units connected to solar panel units lighting on fire. Well, it can't can be, like, it sounded, well, the, the report from Walmart said that there were, there were cracks and poor electrical connections yeah. and like improperly installed panels. And so this could be like, the panels are fine, but the army of contractors that Tesla found because their product was oh. too popular uh, just sort of went really badly. And one thing that I wondered was like, are these the same ingredients as like the solar uh, roof tiles that are yeah. supposed to be like solar shingles or whatever? Or is this some other commercial product? But uh, I, I would totally believe that like, if there was not a good electrical connection that that would totally start a fire. But then Walmart was like, let's shut it, shut down all the panels on all of our stores. And another one caught fire. This is really weird. Apparently they had to like ask for them to be shut down. Yeah. So maybe there was some mismanagement there as well. Over 240 oh, we Walmarts. Sorry? <laughs> oh, we missed that one. Yeah. Whoops. Uh, over 240 Walmarts have solar panels on the roof from Tesla. But Walmart says they've caught fire on top of as many as seven stores. Um, like after a, a pattern of, sorry? That seems like a lot. Like That's a pretty wise. high percentage. That's a very high percentage. I would like to see where they all are because your contractor idea is very interesting to me actually. And if they're all in kind of a similar area, that could line up pretty well. It's the same group of people. Walmart says Tesla's own inspections uncovered a litany of issues with the panels, including cracks, loose connectors, and incorrect grounding, like Wendell was just saying. Uh, the, the lawsuit is for millions of dollars, though the companies have stated they're working together to try to solve the issue. Not I'm a good look sure. for Tesla. 
as their position as a luxury brand for the public. Obviously, they don't want to have people thinking there might be shoddy workmanship. I'm pretty sure that Tesla could just be like, we'll put these in like 50 more Walmarts for free. Just hush up about it. And we'll fix these problems with these other ones. And Walmart will, will say, yeah, everything's fine. Totally good now. It's you know, all this free electricity. I mean, so this this could totally be a negotiation tactic because oh, Tesla yeah. seems hypersensitive to any kind of like PR issue because they've got a madman at the helm. Well, and, and also if Tesla, um, not even sneezes, if Tesla goes like, huh? There's 47 <laughs> news articles written about it. Like, it's absolutely nuts. The, the amount of times you have like some crazy car accident with a whole bunch of miscellaneous cars involved and then like some Tesla driver, not an autopilot, drives into a wall and every automotive related thing and every mainstream news outlet all at the same time is like, ah, Tesla <laughs> ran into a wall, oh my God. Like it's, the, the news surrounding them is absolutely bonkers. So like, I'm not saying this is a good thing. You had seven solar panels installation catch on fire, you screwed up pretty bad. But like, I don't know. This is a this is a deal between Walmart and Tesla. They're gonna figure it out. Walmart's almost certainly going with what you suggested, which is some type of nego negotiation play. They probably want free installations or they want free checkups on all the different places, which they should at the very least have free checkups and some, which is at the minimum what they're going for. Um, but knowing Tesla, they'll end up with free installations as well. Because it seems to like installations are um, not. I mean, I imagine there's a, they're high enough dollar value that it would make sense to just put in cellular monitoring because, like, Tesla yeah. is connected at all times to the entire fleet to monitor everything. And that saved their bacon a bunch of times because somebody has come up with some crazy story that seemed plausible based on the available information, and then all of a sudden Tesla trots out, like, the black box recordings and video and just all kinds of other stuff. And it's like, well, that's not creepy at all that my car is recording all of that at all times. So they could probably do that with the test or with the uh, solar installations as well. Yeah, I think. Um, I mean, there's probably people in Twitch chat freaking out because we're wrong about something. But if it is external contractors, I would like to think that they would have some first-party Tesla uh, approval process where they like send out a one to two-person team just to check the install and make sure that it's okay afterwards. Because finding things like cracked panels and whatnot, that should be pretty easy to do. Like, a cracked panel should never be installed. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Are they cracked because somebody walked across the installation because they had to get... Like, we, we surrounded the air conditioners with solar panels, and then, you know, the compressor died, and the crew had to get to the compressor to replace it on the air conditioner. It's like, well, maybe we shouldn't have put the solar panels in a 360 degree radius around the air conditioner. Maybe we should have left the walk path. Maybe, I don't know. Yeah. Planning goes a long way. A used solar panel shouldn't be used. Okay. I don't know. I don't think that ever came up. Someone in chat tagged me and was like, a used solar panel shouldn't be used. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, let me move down here a little bit more. Do do do. What other news do we have? Android Q. 
Does this interest you? Android Q. Google is, uh, they're, they're going with Android 10 instead of Android Q is the, is the news. They're breaking the trend of dessert-themed names. Um, I love how the notes in here say they could have gone with, uh, one of the words suggested was quinoa. I don't think that would work. They, they generally go with dessert-based yeah, things. Come on, John. I know you're looking at the doc right now. Um, officially, the reason is that people in some parts of the world didn't understand the naming scheme due to linguistic reasons or just not being familiar with certain desserts, which does kind of make sense. Um, the question that I have for you is, is Q the 10th letter of the alphabet? Because I don't think it is. <laughs> hey, <laughs> I'd have to follow their uh, their scheme for a little while, but yeah, I, I also if I ever have to find where a letter in the alphabet is, I have to read out the whole darn alphabet. I'm one of those people, so <laughs> uh, they could have gone Who with knows? quench gum. I guess that's the only candy <laughs> that I could find that literally started with Q. And it's not. I mean, O for Oreo. They've not. That's not unprecedented, but. No, yeah. I thought it was kind of surprising when they started uh, They started using branded things. Was it Kit Kat? Was that the first branded yeah, Kit one? Kat. Yeah, I was like, that's really weird, actually. And then they did Oreo later on and a few other things. Apparently there's a dessert from Luxembourg that starts with Q. The tech... Tech-linked Twitter posted it out, but then okay that actually lines up with what it said at the beginning of this doc Which was uh, one of the reasons is it's being blocked due to linguistic reasons or people just not knowing what certain desserts are If you you and me both can't think of a dessert that starts with Q and apparently there's one from Luxembourg randomly like Okay, I don't know Yeah, I saw whatever man I would yeah. like to see Google turn Android into a full like merge Android and Chrome OS and build a desktop operating system or build something more toward a desktop Linux. Ooh, more desktop Linux. I, um, I'm, I'm just going to stay on topic for a quick second and then I'll jump back to what you said. Um, I, I think they could have just dropped the alphabetizedness and just started calling it random desserts. Yeah, that would have been good. Like, who cares if it's in alphabetical order? Just call it I don't know ice oh, they already have ice cream just call it something don't worry about I it but I want it I want an Android Klondike yeah sure I mean they, they went with the branded thing so like whatever roll with it harder gummy bears yeah sweet um, but yeah no I, I I agree having what do they even call the desktop version right now uh, is it Android Chrome OS, OS? Chrome OS, Chrome OS, Chrome OS, right, OS. of course. Um, having that be beefed up would be pretty nice. Yeah. That'd be cool. Another option on the scene. Well, there's Crouton where you can, like, run Android apps or run Linux apps under Chrome. And there's, like, a new version of that. But I haven't played with it. But one of the one of the guys I know was messing around with it. And it looked, it looked pretty legit. Um, but also Chrome's ability to run Android applications. Like, that's fairly mature at this point. And so... That's almost the promised land. Yeah. I, um, so give me one second. I just had to take care of that really quick. Oh my god. YouTube, listen to me. I don't want to watch the ad. There we go. <laughs> I didn't want the audio for the YouTube ad to come through the stream. 
and I kept pressing pause and it would immediately unpause it and keep playing. And I was like, no, <laughs> stop. I know you want your revenue, but this is also, I'm watching my own channel, so that's not supposed to happen anyways. Stop it. Um, okay, let's, let's, let's move on. This one's fun, just in the internet of terrible things. Uh, smart ovens are starting to have a mind of their own. Uh, the, the June oven has been turning on in the middle of the night and heating up to 400 degrees Fahrenheit. One user left his potatoes in the oven to cool, but tur they turned, uh, it turned them black. They ended up being totally burnt. Fantastic. June CEO is blaming users for the issues. Always a good stance to take. Uh, saying that they're accidentally activating the oven through the app, um... Which is which is fantastic because apparently it's happening while people are sleeping. Um, I just I just I don't know. I've I've never. It's. Uh, it should almost be illegal to preheat your oven through your phone, like. In countries what could with possibly like. Possibly go wrong. Yeah, but like in countries with government-funded, fire, uh, like fire halls. <laughs> Like, I feel like this is just directly going to increase. I, I feel bad enough when I, when I do sous vide remotely, but I know, I keep in mind that it, like, it doesn't go over 100 degrees. Like, it's not, it's going to be relatively calm. It's probably going to be like a, a stick that's like 60 degrees. It's probably okay. Um, well, one fix is to add even more Internet of Things things to monitor the Internet of Things things so that nice. we know what's happening. So, like, if you get, like, your... Google smart home director detects that the Internet of Things oven has come on at four o'clock in the morning. The advanced AI algorithm is like, mm, that doesn't sound right because you know our user does not work third shift. So perhaps I should spam them with lots of notifications on their phone to be like, hey, the oven is activated. Or the AI could take it upon itself to deactivate the oven so that uh, you know it doesn't burn the house down. And then a few years later from there, we have that same AI that's now pissed off because its user keeps ignoring all of its warnings, turning on the oven when the user isn't home, being like, now the user will never come home. <laughs> all my problems are solved. I think that we saw this future, like the end of this future in the movie WALL-E. Yeah. <laughs> the doing it. it was just like, what is, like, people just didn't know what's going on. <laughs> Yeah, I just I thought that was ridiculous. That was fun. That was posted. Uh, our source for that was The Verge. Is June any, Smart Oven. Is there any smart anything that actually makes sense? Like, a, a lot of fridges now have a built-in screen. Um, and it's like, smart phones. For, uh, well, kidding. I mean, like appliances. Like, yeah, yeah. Was, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm kidding. gonna buy a house. When I buy a house, it usually comes with some of the appliances, if not a lot of the yeah. appliances. Yeah. And. Am I going to buy a house and have a 15-year-old smart fridge that is basically a security vulnerability nightmare that's probably already mining Bitcoin for some guy in Russia? I mean, is that... Is Just that out of the box. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know. Yeah, no, seriously. I, um, it, it, none, none of it makes a lot of sense to me. I do, I do enjoy my sous-vides, um, and I do kind of like them being somewhat smart devices just because... Well, mostly that, so that's a June oven. Okay, so it's a toaster oven. Um, I do like my, my Jewel being smartphone connected, but that's just because it, it takes, it doesn't get that hot, so it's not that big of a deal. And the functions that it has, a smart connect, like you can't, you can't tweet from your Jewel. 
Like you can't, or you're uh, so jewel. When I say jewel, all the younger people, I'm, I'm that person now. Uh, I think I'm saying the J U U L smoking thing, which I still have oh, never yeah. seen in in real life. But um, I'm talking J O U L E, the sous vide kitchen appliance. Um, if if you have your your jewel, it's going to take a while to cook things, and you probably pre prepped everything that's going to go in it. So you you preheat it from your from your phone which it doesn't get that hot, so it doesn't really matter. And then once it's preheated, you just go dunk your thing in, and then you can monitor from your phone when it's going to be done. And in some cases, it's going to be like three hours if you're cooking, a, I believe, a frozen chicken breast. So like, it, it can be a while, so being able to monitor from your phone is kind of cool, and it doesn't get that hot, so I get that. But with like some random toaster oven that can get to 400 degrees, and you can preheat it from your phone, like that just that seems extremely unnecessary. <laughs> That's where I store my manuscripts. <laughs> perfect perfect that's the other thing is like if it's if you have a smart connected devices device i I'm, I'm sure i can find some that are legitimate although i can't really off the top of my head right now um the scope seems to always be too much for me like why does it do these things like there was a there was a story recently of a of a girl who her her mom tried to ban her off of twitter so she took her like laptop away or something, or her phone. Oh, yeah. uh, so she tweeted from her like DS. And then she took her DS away, so she tweeted from the Wii. So she took her Wii away, so she tweeted from the fridge. And I was like, why? Why can you tweet from the fridge? Like what? Oh man, that's so, the world we live in now. But just like, come on, <laughs> that's ridiculous. I am like, I'm sure there's some use case where you have like a private Twitter account, and. Just your family is able to follow that Twitter account, and then you can like go on the fridge and be like, "I press the milk button," and it auto tweets out like, "Hey mom, give me some milk." <laughs> like, sure, okay, but there's got to be easier ways to do that too. I don't know why I'm reminded of this, but uh, uh, when Asterix, you know, the open source phone system thing was new, yeah, uh, I set up an Asterix system, and uh, just for just for the lulls. One of the extensions you could dial in this corporate phone system would take you to play Zork, the text adventure, and it would read, it would text to speech read you what was happening, and you could <laughs> dial in the commands. So it's like I'm pretty sure we could set it up so that you know just touch tone phone dialing, we can get Twitter going. <laughs> yeah, probably. I don't. Yeah, I don't even think that would be that hard. Twitter's so freaking simple. Oh man, obviously like attachments and stuff wouldn't work, but. Uh, there's a service for prisoners, so like prisoners are not allowed to have technology, at least in the U.S. I mean, I, you, you guys probably have like fancy resort prison in Canada, <laughs> but but in the U.S. it's like most they're not allowed to really have any kind of technology. But there's a service that people on the outside can subscribe to, and so like you you add your own social media to it, like the prisoner's family or whatever. Like you know, say you you, you know say you accidentally ran over somebody. And you're gonna go to jail for two or three years for manslaughter, and but you want to keep in touch with the family, but you know, it's prison. Uh, the service will print your Twitter feed and mail it, and then they'll have, you know, they get your they get your feed, but in mail form once a week. Oh man, <laughs> that's that's actually wild, huh? I kind of, oh, that's a lot of. <laughs> Do you get like a book? Well, I mean, it's not, you don't, I mean, I guess if you subscribe to like a million people, it would probably only be like the first 10 pages. But the idea is like, 
if you're taking pictures of your kids or you're like your spouse is in prison and you're taking pictures of your of your kids or your family and you know your stuff's going on or you make a post to facebook like you know uh, your grandma's diabetes medicine went up again then all that gets printed and mailed to a prison somewhere <laughs> and then they can just read it and they can reply by mail like they can send a letter <laughs> to the service and you know so. oh my goodness prisoners have a limited ability to send email though it's very limited but they can send email. They send uh, physical mail, snail mail. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. That's uh, that's really interesting. I had I had no idea any of that stuff existed. <laughs> I know I know. Next to those are my Discord notifications, so guys. Sorry about that. Um, I don't know if I can mute that. Give me one second. Do do do. I should be able to. Oh no! If I mute Discord, I mute you. That no. won't work. Okay. Let's not worry about it. Sorry about the Discord notifications, my dudes. Um, next up in fun government things, uh, FAA asks citizens to please not stick weapons on their drones. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not a problem for here, us here in the States because uh, I, you know, as a uh, citizen of the great nation of, you know, the United States of America, if I want to manufacture my own firearms for my own personal use, that is my right under the Second Amendment. So, like, if I want to construct my own, like, if I want to hew from raw metal and the sweat oh of my God. brow, a, you know, a 1911 pistol that has no serial number or anything, that is my God-given right. Oh, goodness. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's amazing. So, but this, okay, but this says that you get fined 25 grand for each violation. Yeah, they're just... It's like you're you can't so you can't make booby traps is is what they're flying this under as so like you holding a weapon you making a weapon that's totally okay but you putting a weapon on a drone that's not okay you're going to accidentally do something bad and for a lot of places have uh, been not getting any kind of rain or anything the flamethrowing drones that would be bad. That would, that would be a good, easy way to accidentally start a forest fire that no firefighter yeah. can actually reach. Yeah. They seem to be saying... Was done in response to online videos showing drones. With, it does specifically call it flamethrowers, and it says guns attached to them. And I guess that would be... Would that, is, is there any laws? I don't, I'm not very up on American laws in general, but especially not their firearms stuff. Uh, is there any laws about, like, Reckless use of a firearm? Yes, lots yeah. and lots of laws about reckless use of a firearm. So I feel there like attaching a... a gun to a drone would probably fall under reckless use of a firearm, whatever that's actually called. Yes. Yeah. Uh, there was a farm in Texas that got in trouble. Uh, some ranch owner owned a couple of hundred acres, and he had a service where you could actually, uh, there was like a deer stand, and you could sign up and uh, control a rifle on a turret and it was, I mean, it's completely safe because it was like a live range, but the deer would come from the tree line, you know, into the range and you could shoot deer over the internet. That was frowned upon. And so that's not a thing anymore, but that was totally basically okay in the US. <laughs> you could shoot real deer over the internet. That's like the most intense version of Buck Hunter ever. <laughs> I think in Canada, or not in Canada, in Alaska, it's still okay to hunt like wolves and bears and stuff from a helicopter. From a helicopter. 
<laughs> well, okay, it's, isn't that, that's totally okay for uh, boars in Texas, right? I think so. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. It's just, you gotta, like, you know, not be reckless about it, so it's gotta be those very rural, You gotta, like, you gotta not be reckless about your machine gun from your helicopter. Yeah, very low population density, those yeah. kind of things. Yeah, that makes sense. That's, uh, that's fantastic. <laughs> if you do ever come visit, we'll go to the range. You'll have a lot of fun. I, um, my grandpa was, was in the Marines and he's taken me to ranges basically every time I've seen him for, for quite a while. Um, I'm not saying I wouldn't love to go. Let's do it. I want to, I actually, we were talking about this in the pre-show. I want to come check out your studio and everything. So that would be fantastic. Be awesome. Combination technology and guns. Guns are a form of technology as it turns out. Yes. (laughs) That's always a fun thing to bring up when it's like, and people are like, oh, this isn't tech news. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> are you sure? <laughs> it probably is. <laughs> Pretty much no matter what we're talking about, it probably is. I think with that, though, we can probably conclude the show. Can you tell everyone all the various places that they can find you? Uh, I'm, I'm Wendell from Level 1. You can just Google me. It's fine. <laughs> uh, that's about all you need to do. I, I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm at... Uh, T-E-K Wendell on Twitter and level the number one text T-E-C-H-S dot com so there we go. not a big deal cool does YouTube Thanks. stuff does Twittery stuff um, and soon I guess we could say that yes soon float plane stuff float plane level one is coming to float plane so that's like we're what like yeah. five at this point five or six uh what is, what, six Six. I think. Six. It'll be it'll be whoever wins between you and uh, he's he's signed whatever sounds good. You and Science Studio. Oh nice. To actually like go live first. It turns out the float plane is actually a nice platform. YouTube, a little bit of a dumpster fire these days. Yes, that's a win <laughs> in my department. <laughs> Success. Oh man. Okay, awesome. Yeah, that's it for the show, guys. Thank you, everyone, for watching. Oh, uh, actually, I'm going to not forget here real quick. Sorry. Uh, I'm going to jump to... uh, Let's put something on screen that doesn't matter. And then jump here. I just want to read off Super Chats. Oh, yeah, Super Chats. Is there just the one? I think there's just one. That's amazing. Thank you, random citizen. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's because we skipped out on reading them so many times in a row. We are so good at this. Okay, yeah. uh, Gordy Tech Channel donated uh, two pounds and said, uh, turn turn Wendell up. Well, thanks, Gordy Tech Channel. I'll try to sit closer to the mic next time. (laughs) Deeply appreciated, my man. Okay, that's it. Thanks, everyone, for coming to the stream. Uh, I'll see you guys next time. Intro. Thank you, Madrinas, PIA, and Display. See you guys next week. Actually, you won't see me next week, but 
Or Wendell. Or me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you'll, you'll see some people on this show next week. It, see you later. We're, we're the pleb to your host. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the B team says goodbye. <laughs>